Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and welcome to Empowering Family Caregiver Show on Block Talk Radio. I'm Meghna Giridhar, your host for today's show, sponsored by eCareDiary.com. August is Digestive Tract Paralysis Month, and today, for the first time, we will be discussing gastroparesis. Our guest today is Crystal Saltrelli, an author, educator, and certified health coach, helping people worldwide learn to live well with gastroparesis. Diagnosed with this condition in 2004, she has the unique perspective of both patient and practitioner. Crystal has written two books, Eating for Gastroparesis and Living Well with Gastroparesis, and has been published in the American Journal of Gastroenterology. Crystal, thank you so much for joining us. As I was saying earlier, this is an extra special show for us because we're covering this topic for the first time. Thank you for having me, and thank you for talking about gastroparesis. It's something that doesn't really get as much attention as people are affected by it. So I am happy to be here and happy to talk about it. Excellent. So why don't we begin by understanding what this condition entails? Like you said, it's, it's not a term that, you know, we hear very often. Uh, but, yes, it's a significant, you know, it's like a significantly serious condition. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. I think I'll start by just kind of differentiating the terms, digestive tract paralysis, that's a mouthful, and gastroparesis. (laughs) So when we talk about digestive tract paralysis, that can really be about any part of the digestive tract. So that could be the esophagus, the stomach, the small intestine, the large intestine. Typically, it's not the entire digestive tract for most people. It can be any combination of those. And typically, I do want to say that it's not usually complete paralysis. Typically, and I'll talk about this a little little bit more specific to gastroparesis, it's a slowness of the GI tract or a weakness of the GI tract. And I just like to point that out because I think the word paralysis in particular can sound really, really scary. And not that it's not a severe condition, a life-altering condition, certainly it is, but I, I like to just make sure that that's clear because I think sometimes just hearing that term can really evoke a lot of anxiety. So what I specialize in is gastroparesis, and that is specific to the stomach, and that really means delayed gastric emptying or that the stomach empties slowly. And typically, as I said, it's not an entire paralysis. It's not that the stomach doesn't empty at all, though certainly there are varying degrees of gastroparesis. But typically, it means if you eat a meal, it takes much longer than usual for the stomach to empty. And so that can lead to symptoms like nausea, vomiting, fullness, bloating, stomach pain. Um, It can increase symptoms of um, GERD or reflux. And so it's certainly, as I said, a life-altering condition. It can be difficult to diagnose because the symptoms are sometimes a little bit vague and just as not a lot of people listening, like, may have initially heard of it. 
many doctors aren't that familiar with it and they don't necessarily see it very often. So, um, you know, it's an important condition to talk about and there are, hopefully that helps to, to help people understand it a little bit. There are certainly um, some nuances there, but that's a general overview. Now, you know, when you're diagnosed with this condition, um, I'm sure there are certain treatment options which the doctor can guide um, the patient through, and those would be, I don't know, medications or um, other procedures and things like that. But apart from that, are they, uh, what would you say are some effective ways to manage this, lifestyle-wise, medication-wise, um, anything else in particular? Yeah, I love this question. So typically, I've been working with people for over a decade now, and what I have really found is that kind of all of those things that you just said put together are where people tend to find the most symptom relief and the most improvement in their quality of life. So I call it a comprehensive management plan. And absolutely, that includes working with your doctor to get appropriate medical treatment. Um, there, aren't, there aren't any medications right now available for gastroparesis that work for everybody. There are medications that work for some people. Um, but so medical treatment in and of itself is a little bit of a, you know, a trial and error when it comes to gastroparesis as to what's going to work for each individual person. So working with your doctor is definitely a piece of that comprehensive management plan. There are lots of dietary changes that can be made. So reducing fat and fiber in the diet to help the contents of the stomach empty more quickly, eating smaller meals so that there's just less of a load on the stomach at a time, decreasing things that irritate the stomach like alcohol. So certainly there's a dietary piece, and that can also be quite helpful. And for some people, that combination of changing their diet a little bit and getting some medical help from the doctor can be very effective to the point that that's really all they need to do. For most of the people that I work with, those two things don't really provide enough relief. So they're still struggling with symptoms. Their quality of life is suffering. And so we add in additional things like lifestyle practices, physical activity to the point that anyone is able to do that can be extremely helpful. Just simple things like walking throughout the day, um, not smoking because nicotine can also delay gastric emptying and getting enough sleep. So very seemingly simple things, but when you put those things together with the dietary changes and the medical management, that can compound the results and the effects. And then from there, there are things like alternative or complementary treatments. So some people find acupuncture to be incredibly helpful for nausea, nausea and vomiting, um, visceral manipulation, so certain kinds of abdominal massage and body work are sometimes very helpful for people to release the tension around the um, GI organs, you know, that, that can become tense from pain and vomiting. So alternative treatments, again, in combination with these other things we've talked about. And the last piece that I really like to talk about, and it's actually most of the work that I'm doing now, is the coping piece. And so this is uh, where we find people really becoming stressed and anxious because this is a 
sometimes difficult to diagnose condition, difficult to manage condition, life-altering condition. Um, and so dealing with the stress, the anxiety, the overwhelm that can come is, I have found, an actually important piece of that management plan because I think even people without a digestive condition can relate to the fact that, you know, our state of mind sometimes affects our digestion. You know, if you get really bad news, your stomach might hurt. If you get really scared, you get butterflies or really excited. You get those butterflies in the stomach. And so there's a connection there. And to me, that is an important piece of the management plan that we don't often think of. But all of those things together in what I call a comprehensive management plan tend to really provide the most relief and the greatest improvement for both symptoms and quality of life. Thank you so much. That was very valuable. I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult to deal with something when you're just focusing on the medication aspect or you're just focusing, focusing on changing your diet. So, um, you know, what you suggested I think would, is a wonderful way to kind of tackle this because you're approaching it from all angles. So thank you for sharing that. Um, my final question to you is with relation to caregivers or uh, people who, you know, your partners, family members who are with you and, you know, you're diagnosed with this condition. What is the best thing that they could do to help their loved one who's probably been just informed that they have this condition? Um, is it more of an emotional thing? Is it more of in terms of helping Physically, what would you suggest as some ways of um, dealing with this? Yeah, that's a great question, and I love that question. I actually have on my website, which I think you'll give the address at the end, I have a completely free class. I think it's over an hour where I talk all about gastroparesis for loved ones, and it's really explaining the condition and giving lots of tips about what people can do. So I will give a brief answer here, but if people are looking for more information, that's a free resource that I do invite them to check out because when I talk with, with clients, when I'm working with um, people who have gastroparesis, honestly, one of the biggest struggles I hear is that my family just doesn't understand. My loved ones don't understand because gastroparesis is, for the most part, what we would refer to as an invisible illness. Nobody really, most people, some people are extremely ill. You can tell they are ill. They have a feeding tube, but that is the minority. Most people walking around with gastroparesis do not look sick. And so I think one of the main things that I say is for people who are caregivers, loved ones, to just really work on educating yourself about the condition so that you can better understand what the person with gastroparesis is going through. Because it, if you don't have it, it's, it's kind of a little bit difficult to understand how debilitating it can feel and how overwhelming it can feel. And so that's the first thing, is to really try to understand the condition from the perspective of the person who has it. And I think depending on um, that person, the person who has gastroparesis, what they might need will be different. So I encourage patients to develop what I call a dream team, and that includes doctors, but that also includes friends and family who can help them in different roles. And so I think asking the person, you know, what do you need help with? Because some people are going to want someone to go to the doctor with them and take notes because it's just so overwhelming to sit there in a doctor's office and 
hear all this information and try to take it in and pay attention and remember. So for some people, that's going to be incredibly helpful. Other people are going to need somebody to vent to, to, you know, share their frustration in kind of a non-judgmental way. Other people may need help with this comprehensive management plan. So what I said there was a lot of stuff. And people might need help kind of putting the pieces together. So really, I mean, I encourage um, somebody caring for someone with gastroparesis or a loved one of someone with gastroparesis to just talk with them and be open and ask them what is their experience like and what do you need help with? I think, you know, that's where you're really going to get the most valuable information. Thank you so much, Crystal. This has been this has been such valuable information that has been shared by you. Um, I would love for our listeners to also visit your fantastic website, which has a lot many more resources and information about dealing with uh, this condition. It's called livingwithgastroparesis.com. I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in today. Tune in next Tuesday for our next Empowering Family Caregiver Show. To learn more about eCare Diary and our upcoming shows, visit our website, eCareDiary.com. Registration is free and gives you immediate access to your personal care diary tools. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. My Twitter address is eCare underscore diary. Thank you once again very much, Crystal. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.